0: Today, I would like to just share with you what someone told me when I was in high school. Because I asked him the question, what makes someone go from good to great? And, and, the, and the guy told me, he says, it's what you do, every single day and you do it with repetition and that's when you go from good to great and so today i hope to be able to share with you some things i believe that will help you and help me also go from just being good to great at least so father thank you for this time with your dear and precious people, God, thank you for your word that we can be able to look to to help us understand and know your heart and mind and will. So, God, we ask that your Holy Spirit would guide us as we look into your word and may our hearts be open and receptive to receive your word. So, I thank you, Lord, for this time in Jesus' name. Amen. So, just to quickly get into this, I would like to go to 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. 1 Timothy 4, verse 7. It reads like this, have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness, has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Paul's writing to his young protege, Timothy, and he wants to tell Timothy how he can be not just a good servant, but a great servant. How he can be a good leader, how he can be a good follower, Of Jesus Christ and he says to him he says don't get too involved in all of the discussions that lead to nothing but he says instead train yourself and when you look at the word train there basically what you have is basically someone who practices who practice certain skills Daily, and through their daily practice of skills, he says Timothy will become godly through the daily practices. Often, how people ask me is, "How did Pastor Lau become so anointed?" When my question, my answer to that generally is, if you look at the the guy's daily life, you will see how anointed he is or why he's so anointed. So many times we look at the end product or the person doing the healing and doing the miracles, we look at that on display and we want to be that. right? So, we, we don't want to get our hands dirty and go through all of the dirty work in order to get to that point. And so Paul is sharing with Timothy because he has a great love for God's people. And he says, Timothy, this is how you're going to be a godly man. And you're going to be able to 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 share this godliness with others. He says, train yourself, right? Train yourself. Spiritual disciplines, that training, that training, we call in the Christian community spiritual disciplines and these are simply just ways in which we use in order to become godly people and that's why paul says to the church in philippi chapter 2 verse 12 and 13 he says therefore my dear friends As you have always obeyed me, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Paul was a good example to Timothy. And he helped Timothy become the man of God. But Timothy also had to do some things himself. He himself had to practice these godly disciplines. So many times... We look to others and we should, and we forget about, we need to also take responsibility for our own spiritual growth as well. It's good to ride the coattails of those who've gone before us, it's good, but we also need to learn how to grow up and say, hey, you know what? It is my spiritual life and I need to take it into my hands and I need to do something about me growing. Spiritual disciplines uh, are not about who uh, are not about us being something it is about what we are doing. So spiritual disciplines are those disciplines that we need to do daily if we're thinking that we're going to go from just being good christians to great christians if we're going to be godly christians who affect our society we need to have spiritual disciplines in our lives and we need to make sure that we are regularly doing them in order to grow spiritual disciplines must not be confused with Character or the fruits of the spirit. Because some people think that just because I pray or just because I read the Bible, then I'm godly. So they must not be confused. Spiritual disciplines are, again, about what you do. And as you do them, you become something. That's what Paul says to Timothy. Timothy, practice godliness Timothy do the spiritual disciplines and you will become godly why are spiritual disciplines so important he tells us in verse 8 he tells us in verse 8 first Timothy chapter 4 verse 8 he says for physical training is a good value. so exercise eating right all of these things they're good, they have some value. But he says, godliness has value for all things. Amen. Other words, if you want to be healthy, spiritually, emotionally, physically, mentally, it comes from practicing the spiritual disciplines Because they're going to help us be healthy, first of all. We can't be healthy without the practice of our spiritual disciplines. It's no way that we're going to know God if we don't read the Bible. It's no way that we're going to grow healthy if we don't pray. If we don't spend time with God. It's no way. I could show up to a thousand meetings. I can have 10,000 people lay hands on me, but if I leave that meeting and I do not practice my spiritual disciplines, I will not change. We change because of the day in and day out practice and meeting with God. That's how we change. I didn't go from a scrawny five foot nine guy with about 150 pounds to to a guy that was recruited by division one schools to play basketball just because of my size and my stature? no it's because i put the work in every single day to get myself better and better and better and because of that I grew in my ability to be able to play a sport to where people would say, we want you to come to our school and we'll give you your education for free. Spiritual disciplines are so important to our spiritual growth. And we should not take them lightly. Should practice a spiritual discipline. When you say, probably, well pastor, so that means that everybody, do pray or everybody that do read the scripture, they're gonna grow into spiritual discipline. No, not necessarily. Because Jesus talked to a group of people called the Pharisees who were very good at practicing their spiritual disciplines. But they did not grow in godliness. You say, why? And i tell you the reason why. The reason why is because they had their faith in their heritage they didn't put their faith in the one who is the owner of the heritage. They put their faith in their whole idea of being typical Jew. That's why he says, don't, don't follow those old, don't follow the genealogies and all of those kind of things. Put your faith in Jesus and Jesus alone and when you put your faith in jesus and jesus alone then change begins to happen now or change happens in your life you are immediately transformed from darkness to light you immediately go from sinner to saint when you put your faith in jesus christ and he says but the pharisees practice without putting faith in jesus christ Therefore, nothing happened in their lives. So sometime today, you fast forward, some people put their faith in the person that they're going to see instead of Jesus himself. And so therefore, they get nothing out of it. When we practice discipline, spiritual disciplines in our lives, not only do we grow and stay healthy, but secondly, we know God. We know God, and we know him because we have the right motives in practicing our spiritual disciplines. That was the second thing that was wrong with the Pharisees. Not only did they have their faith, their faith was displaced, but also they did not have right motives. They prayed so that others could hear them. They read the scripture because they wanted to show how much they knew, instead of reading the scripture to know God. And we do that all the time, too. I've done that before. Instead of me going into the scripture To read the scripture to know God, I was actually reading the scripture so that I could actually teach other people. See, you can't get no change and no godly transformation happening in our lives when we have those type motives. God wants us to have the right motive. God wants our faith to be in his ability to be able to change us. And he does that through the practice, through the daily practice of our spiritual disciplines. So again, you know them, I know them. Let's see, let's read them again, and hopefully, with the right attitude, and with faith in God, today we can be able to leave here, understanding that I'm going to make a commitment to daily, practicing these disciplines. And I'm going to see godliness develop in my life. Yeah? So what are the spiritual disciplines? We probably can't go nowhere in the Bible and have this list like the fruits of the spirit and say, there's this is discipline number one. No, we have to look at the life of Jesus who is the greatest example of them all. When we look at his life, then we start to see what disciplines that we also need to follow and practice as well. Let's, Let's look at some of the disciplines that we see in Jesus's life. In Luke chapter four, Luke chapter four, verses 17 to 21. Some of you are very familiar with this passage. Luke chapter four, verses 17 to 21. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, as important, because Jesus was accustomed to going in the the, the synagogue and reading the scriptures. Rolling it up, he found the place where it is written, the spirit of the Lord is on me me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue was fastened on him. He began by saying to them, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus did not just go to the synagogue part-time. He went and it was a custom of his to actually, and a custom of today to read the scriptures. It is through reading the scriptures that we know three things. When we read the scripture, number one, we learn who God is. The second thing, when we read scripture daily, we learn what God will is and what he's not only done, but what he's going to do. The third thing that we read when we read scripture is that we read how God wants us as his people to live, right? And so reading scripture can't be part-time. It must be a full-time thing. We must read the scripture daily. Wake up in the morning and read the scripture. So many different things that we can do. So many reading programs, Bible reading programs that we could actually join and have in our lives. We can actually have the, like I do, I have my old coach from college. He sends me a text every day with a different scripture in there. And I think about that scripture throughout the day. So, so, so we as God's people need to make sure that we ourselves are reading the scripture it is wonderful and I do it myself it's great to listen to our pastor teaching and I'm encouraging you today to do that but we also need to open up our Bible or the iPhone or whatever we have and read the scripture ourselves so that when you sit on this chair right here and you have people like pastor Caesar get up in front of you you can be able to say is he teaching me the right thing here? Yeah. That's what the Bereans did. They were, they, when, when Paul taught them, they went back home and they said, okay, this is what he said. Let it, let's let check it out. But that's what reading scripture does. It's, and it starts to change us. Listen to what Peter said when he writes the, the, the fellow believers. He says in 1 Peter chapter two, uh, verse two, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that it may, so by it you may grow up in your salvation. Can't grow up in our salvation without scripture. No way. I don't care how manifest, I don't care how good the presence of God is. You can't know God without scripture. It's impossible. God, Jesus says, and I am the word, and he was word incarnated in flesh. We cannot have growth with our, in our life without the word of God, reading the word of God. Listen to what one person said. Someone asked James Cone, why are... Sermons in African American churches so long. And James Cone answered, Well, you know, six days a week society tell black folk that they are second class, that they are no account, on Sunday, it takes a while to talk people back into remembering who they really are as God's children. I can identify with this because I know it. Scripture reading is good. Someone asked me a few weeks ago, why I would like to be just like Tom. And I said, what do you mean like that? Boy, you know, he just able to memorize scripture after scripture. And I was saying to him, brother, do you know that if you look at his hand, he write down many strippers on his hand. <laughs> but the point is, it just doesn't come. It comes because he's practicing that over and over and over again. So, in reading scripture, we must learn to memorize scripture. Why? Because I can't throw my Bible around with me all the time. So I couldn't be a walking Bible to somebody else without having to open up the Bible. If I memorize it, I must get in the process, I must get in the practice of memorizing the scriptures. Not only do I, I memorize the scripture, but I study the scripture. It's a different thing. I'm sure that. If you have been teaching a small group or other pastors who are sitting here, they know for sure it's a different than just reading versus studying. Studying, you need a little bit more tools, Bible concordance or something like that. You need a little bit more tools. When you study, really gives it the word of God time to really move from just the mind, the temporal, to really settle in your spirit, at least. And so uh, I want to encourage you to continue daily reading, reading the scripture because it's going to help you grow in godliness. This is the second thing that we see from Jesus in Matthew chapters 7 and verse 7 and 8. He says, Acts, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who acts, receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be open. You see Jesus here talking about prayer, right? And, he, and he's not talking about a casual prayer. That's why that's why he moves from that's why he moves from asking to actually really seeking and then really knocking, keep keep being persistent in it at least. He, he wants us to not just do it part-time. He wants us to do it all the time, right? Uh, and some, uh, let's make sure that we, again, keep our attitude right and our motives right here. Because some people think that alone is if I pray two hours, ooh, so spiritual, right? No. Just just mindful. Being mindful, that's what prayer does. It keeps us mindful that, that God is with us. Yeah. He keeps us mindful of that. So, so we need to keep having a life of prayer. Jesus said in Matthew chapter four, verse two. After forty days uh, and forty nights, he was hungry. Why? Because Jesus was fasting. Right. I, I know, certain you, some of you might be just like, like me have a physical condition and it limits me in the amount of my, I I can fast at least, but. I still don't keep that f- me from fasting. One thing that I really like is, I, I, my wife can testify to this, I really like uh, sitting down and I really like watching a real good game of basketball, right? <laughs> but sometimes I, sometimes I have to say, whoa, as much as I want to watch that game, I need to put it aside because there's something else on my mind that I need to pray about. So, so I need to, in other words, fasting is just kind of like I'm going to set aside some of the things that I would really uh, uh, help with my physical to, to just so that I can focus my attention on God at least. So, so we as God's people, we need to develop this area of fasting, right? You, you actually a lot of us are uh, international people, but but a lot of people look at Americans, they look at Americans as people that are overweight, right? Yeah, because they don't fast that often. <laughs> 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 but yeah, listen to listen to this uh one one of the great great preachers uh Jonathan Edwards. Listen to his life, he, was, uh, he says that he began the day with private prayers, followed by family prayers, by candlelight in the winter. Each meal was accompanied by household devotions, and at the end of each day, Sarah joined him in his study for prayers. Jonathan kept secret the rest of his daily devotional routine following Jesus' command to pray in secret. Throughout the day, his goal was to remain constantly with a sense of living in the presence of God. As difficult as that might be, often he added secret days of fasting and additional prayers. Jonathan Edwards is a good example of someone who desired the presence of God And he knew that the presence of God would only be available in his life through prayer, fasting, and the discipline of it. And so me and you, we need to give ourselves to the daily discipline of prayer, fasting. If we want to see our lives. Go from just being good to actual great, to from, from, from mediocre to godliness. We need to make sure that we are disciplined in the area of prayer and fasting. Thirdly, in Luke chapter 5, verse 15 to 16, yet the news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. I don't know about you, but my prayer life sometimes takes a hit when I have many things going on in my life. And it takes a hit. But this is a very good example Jesus was very busy, but he still did not neglect going to a silent place. He did not neglect his silent time in being with God, at least, right? So so many of us, we, we, actually, we actually fear when we get, we get alone. We, we get by ourselves, we, we fear. Why? Because we're not used to silence, right? We're used to everything going on. Some people, they can listen to music and study at the same time. I can't. I need to have some silence. Some people, you and I, I give you the thumbs up, you're able to, wow, focus in and hear things that are so cool. And then with all of the stuff in the background, I can't do it. I need to have a silent moment. And I tell you, one of, one of my uh, best places where I feel like I get silence is when I'm out in the yard gardening and doing stuff like that. I feel like I'm actually in a place to where it's silence. And I can hear a lot better. Right? And I think we need to learn this art as well, too. We need to learn to be silent before God. Here's a thing that you can do to help you learn the art of being silent and practicing solitude before God. Actually, Pastor Rick Warren said this. He says that he goes on the back porch of his house, and he sit in his porch, and for five minutes, he just says nothing, and he just listens. And he listens. And most of, some of us need to slow ourselves down to the point to where we learn how to listen as well, too, in silence. It's an it's art. It's a practice. And we practice it because we're not used to it. Right? Just like when you first start going to the health club, your muscle hurt. Why? Some of you are saying, well, I know nothing about going to the health club because you don't go exercise. Why? What's, what's the deal with that? <laughs> but when you go to the health club and you start bending your muscle, it hurts. Why? Because you're not used to exercising that muscle. In the same way, when you go to be silent, you may get up to minute number two and you may think, wow, what's going on here, right? That's okay because you're not used to it. But if you do it every day, you start to go from two minutes to five minutes to 10 minutes, right? I know this may be a little bit hard for those of you who are talkative because you, you have a hard time, you know, listening. Being silent. But we need to practice being silent before God, right? So many times people say they get into different situations that are going on in their life, and they say, I can't hear God. I can't hear God in it. Well, you can't hear God because you haven't developed the art of listening to him in solitude. It didn't matter how busy was Jesus. It didn't matter what situation was, was, was going on. He still was able to hear God because he practiced it. In the same way it goes with us. We learn to be silent before God so that we can hear him. Scripture reading, prayer and fasting, silence and solitude, fourth fellowship fellowship in matthew chapter 18 verse 20 matthew 18 verse 20 says for where two or three gather in my name there am i with them there am i with them where two or three gather in my name we need to get in the habit of Being in fellowship, it's a a practice. It's a practice. That's why we have Sunday service every single week, to help us practice being in fellowship. That's why we have small groups, to help us practice. Mentoring helps us practice fellowship so that we can grow up in it. I will not, if I'm a loner, if I'm a loner, then I don't have no opportunity to offend no one. But when I'm in community, I have opportunity to offend people there. And I know how to go about trying to address when I offend people. I learned that. And you grow in godliness because you're in a community. You can't grow in godliness without being in community, right? Fourthly, I mean, fifthly, Matthew chapter 20, verse 28. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many. We need to continue to develop the spiritual discipline of being generous. Jesus said, I didn't come to serve, although he deserved to be served because he was king. He still said, I didn't come to uh, take, but I came to give. Right? So many times people people have asked me in past time, what is your Sunday school like? What is your youth like? What is your youth ministry like? How about saying to yourself, you know, I think I want to go over there because I want to be able to give something to that community. We we we're in a society that, that that encourages us to take take all the time, right? But the Bible says that we are called to live godly, and godly people think about other people. Amen. And they give to other people. Growing in godliness comes from a lifestyle, comes from a habit, a discipline of Being generous. Lastly, Psalms chapter 147, verse 1. Psalms 147, verse 1. Praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praises to our God. How pleasant and fitting to praise his name. The, sp- the psalmist here speaks of how the goodness it is to praise God. He's, he's thinking and he's pondering about the goodness of God. One of the things about the psalms, if you read through them, it's always people pouring out their heart. It's, it's people pouring out their heart to God. And so the psalmist here, he, he's saying, it, it, we must develop. We must develop this lifestyle of worship. We must develop. It's something that we have to do each and every day. It's a practice. Practicing worship to God brings godliness into our lives. One worship leader said it like this. Worship is not about great songs or great mu- musicians. It is about you, your heart, and your relationship with God. It's not about how pretty the stage is, or, or, or how wonderful the voice is, although those are good. It's about where, where, what is my heart like towards God, right? What is my heart like? And I can tell you, you can develop a heart of worship if it's a daily practice of yours. Yeah? You, we can develop a heart of reading scripture if it's a daily practice of ours. If you want to... Be godly people. If you want to make a difference in the lives of others, it cannot happen without a commitment to the spiritual disciplines that we see within scripture. It cannot happen. It will only happen when we make a commitment. So what do I do, Pastor, since you say these spiritual disciplines are so cool? What what do I do? Is it gonna help me grow into godliness? What do I do, Pastor? Okay, thank you for asking me that question. But you are going to, first of all, make a commitment today that you're going to do your spiritual disciplines. You're gonna be disciplined in your spiritual disciplines. I personally have yet to see someone who has made a decision to be disciplined in their spiritual disciplines not growing godliness. I have yet to see that. Because each of those people had the right attitude. They placed their faith in Jesus. And then they understood that their motive was not to proclaim self, but their motive was to be in the one who is good and good all the time. So make a commitment today. Others of you who are here, notice back up in First Timothy, Paul makes a distinction. He says there are spiritual disciplines and then there are physical disciplines in which we do. So if you're here today, you can practice to pray. You can read the Bible. But if your faith is not put in Jesus Christ, it won't make a difference. So if you're here today, you don't know Jesus, but you want your life to be greater and you want it to make an impact on other people, you must first start with making a commitment to Jesus and following him. And you will grow in godliness. And you will move from being just good Christian to great Christian. I want to thank you this morning for letting me be able to share with you, and I pray. <laughs> I pray this, that you don't just leave and say, Ugh. okay, great, there's <laughs> disciplines, great, wonderful. And just walk on out of here and then monday come around and you don't even pick up your bible and read it or maybe the only time that you pray is that when you get in trouble and then you pray no 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 what i'm praying today when we close today is that the people of New Hope International Church that we are going to have just a revive energy for reading the scripture. because it's vital to your life. I can guarantee you that if you're going to a session and you're listening about, hey, this is gonna make you more money, I can guarantee you with putting down the notes and you will go and do that the following day. Today, I am telling you something that is way, way much more than just money. I'm telling you something that's gonna help you in every aspect of your life. It's important. And I'm done. <laughs> I had to listen to my wife sometimes. She said, "Sometimes, man, you 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 just need to end." <laughs> No, my wife, she's a very good cheerleader for me, I tell you. A very good cheerleader. Father, thank you so much for today, and thank you, Lord, for just the reminder, I'm sure, that I'm giving each of these people who are sitting here today, God. But God, we want to move just beyond just being reminded. but We want to see our life really go from just being good to really great Christians, God, godly people, God, who make a difference in our society, God. And Father, thank you that you say, Lord, with the right attitude, with the right, with the faith in Jesus Christ, God, our spiritual disciplines are critical to our growth as Christians. And so, Father, I pray that each of us would leave today with truly being revived with a greater desire and hunger to know your word, God. A deeper commitment to prayer, fasting, to solitude, silence before you, God. And we would really commit ourselves, Lord, just to not attend, just attending church alone. But we would Make our way over to the small groups, God, so that we can begin to get in real fellowship with other believers, God. And so, Father, wherever we may fall short today, God, Lord, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ, so we ain't condemning nobody today. And so Lord, we pray that you would help us make a commitment today to be in discipline in our spiritual disciplines. God, give us that desire, give us the grace that we need. Lord, and I'm admitting myself before all of these people, that it gets tough, it gets hard with all the things that we got going on, work, family, it gets hard. But I know, Lord, that you give us the grace in those moments and times so that we can stay committed in knowing that as we stay committed to our disciplines, that we will continue to grow in godliness. And so I thank you for that today, and I thank you for each of my brothers and sisters. Our Lord, please bless them. And may the the week ahead of them be one that is filled with your presence. God filled with joy, filled with all the good things that comes from being godly people. Father, we bless you today. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.